Welcome back to Sad Girl Energy with Bria Hebert. I'm your host, Bria Hebert. We are on episode three. Oh my gosh. Okay, I want to talk about something. I feel like my voice has been weird in these episodes because usually I record this at like midnight in my closet. So I think I'm kind of whispering and I think it kind of sounds sometimes like ASMR. Someone brought this up to me. If you're going to guess who it was, yes, it was my sister Milana. I'm saying this so I can see if she actually listens to the episodes because if she does, she's gonna be like, oh my god, you bitch, why did you call me out? I'm recording this at 10 p.m. now, so I think it's better if I record it a little earlier, because then I don't feel like I have to whisper. So hopefully that addresses that. But also, like, I think I, okay, so (laughs) this is so embarrassing. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm about to admit this. So in university, I took singing lessons. I just feel, I don't know why I'm embarrassed to say that, but okay, I was a musical theater girl, I know. Honestly, it explains like everything about my personality. It's painful. It's so embarrassingly accurate, but I was rejected from a very prominent Vancouver musical theater camp, which was named Gotta Sing, Gotta Dance. And for my audition, I sang Can You Feel the Love Tonight from The Lion King. And my feedback was that it was a talk sing song instead of a sing song. I don't know. They used some sort of dumb music analogy that I didn't understand then and I don't really understand now. Anyway, so since being rejected from the musical theater camp, I think that one of my suppressed goals that I didn't really, I wasn't really conscious of was that I was constantly trying to prove myself in musical theater and I think that they're all tied together. When I was taking my singing lessons in Montreal, my singing instructor, and I'm not saying this, like I'm not saying this to impress you, but my singing instructor was like, Angie, her name was, she was like, Bria, you have a really beautiful, unique voice. Do you have a speech impediment? And I was shocked, baffled, confused, one might say. I didn't really know what to do with that from my knowledge I don't have one and it wouldn't be a bad thing if I did it's just I would want to know and at that point I was like 20 and I I did not know what to do with that information I feel like that's a very forward thing to ask someone so I just said uh no And then we just moved on, never addressed it again. But I think I am very self-conscious about my voice. I'm just going to put it out there. Oh, it feels so icky to say, but I'm just going to say I'm self-conscious about my voice. But I will say that one person did message me saying that I have the perfect podcast voice. I think it's like, it's kind of like a sexy nightline voice. It's like a sexy late night talk line voice, like 1-800-BABE. Anyways, I think deep down I am subconsciously self-conscious. I'm subconsciously self-conscious about my voice. I know it's a bad white girl voice. I know it. It's embarrassing. It sounds like my voice sounds like if a Pinterest inspiration board fucked a bottle of sparkling rose. This is the noise it would make. Maybe I should turn this to like a late night podcast. Does that exist? Should I do a rebrand three episodes in? I'm like, you know what? This whole thing we've been doing twice we're gonna completely change it like I don't want to say no one cares but like if you're really opposed let me know but if you like the late night rebrand idea also let me know 
Either way, please talk to me. I guess that's what I'm saying. I might give this kind of like late night vibes. I still can't tell if it's like the best idea I've had or the worst idea I've ever had. Listening back on last week's episode, question that I didn't ask that I actually can't believe I didn't ask it. Would you sleep with a guy who had flip-flop straps tattooed on his feet? Or honestly, why am I gendering it? There's no reason. Would you sleep with a person who had flip-flop straps tattooed on their feet? I would simply for the bit because that is an amazing party line. Imagine introducing yourself to someone. One day you meet someone, you're like, hi, my name is Bria, and I once slept with a guy who had flip-flop straps tattooed on his feet, so nothing you say or do can embarrass or hurt me. I feel like that would change dating for me. I feel like that would take away any anxiety or nerves I have about a first date. Just like having that experience in my in my back pocket to throw out when needed. Anyways, updates for this week. Okay, my weird self-care purchase of the week is actually an anti-purchase. I am trying not to online shop at 2 a.m. for two weeks. I'm trying not to spend money for two weeks. I realized how problematic it is to associate capitalism and wellness and I know I joked about it last time but I genuinely want to try to deal with my feelings in a way where I don't feel the need to just purchase something in the middle of the night because I'm sad and spend money I don't have on things I definitely don't need. So for two weeks I'm not going to spend money and I'm going to see how that makes me feel. I'm also trying not to eat late at night because that's another habit I have when I'm stressed. I'm really trying to get my schedule back together. It kind of fell apart after the holidays. I'm going to be up front with you. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I feel like incorporating more restraint into my life will actually be the most effective way to become physically and emotionally hot and mentally hot. My three goals. Intentions, actually. I think because naturally I'm kind of also like lazy by finding one thing that will fix all three. It's perfect. It's like self-restraint will make me physically hotter because I'll stop eating cookies, mini shortbread. That's what I was snacking on at midnight. I was snacking on mini shortbread. I can't do that. I don't wake up feeling good in the morning. It's not even about my body. It's just like I feel like vomiting when I wake up because I had four mini shortbread before bed. So there's that. And then it will make me, it will make me emotionally hot because I've learned a new skill. Like I've learned a new level of zen. I've chilled the fuck out a little bit because sometimes I need that because I feel like if I have restraint that means that I have, you know, good coping mechanisms and that I'm not just purchasing a lip gloss because I think it's gonna cure my mental illness. I wish it was that easy. Unfortunately, it's not. And that will make me mentally hot because it will give me more money and the more money I have, the better I'll become at numbers. And if I have more money, then I can learn math. So look, it's really a perfect storm and I don't think anything could go wrong. I will probably still window shop, I'll probably still browse online, but my goal is to look at the seven different shopping bags I have open in different tabs two weeks from now and be like, do I still want these things? Or is that just a temporary want? Because you don't need to fulfill all of your temporary wants. That's how you sometimes make stupid decisions. And I'm just saying that to myself. I'm, that's just directed at Bria. That's not directed at you. Bria needs tough love. You are probably a little bit emotionally healthier than me. So you could probably just say it in a kinder way and be fine. I honestly don't know if I'm going to make it two weeks without online shopping. It's not that I don't want to believe in myself, but... And if you're sitting there and you're like, Bria, two weeks of no shopping, that's not a big deal. Yeah, you're right. That's the problem. 
that's the problem. The problem is that I have to do this, that I have to set limits on myself. It's an issue. We're working through it because every time I buy something, I'm not kidding. And I know that this sounds delusional, but I'm not, every time I buy something, I'm not joking when I say I genuinely think it's going to change my life. When I order a pair of socks, I'm like, yeah, these socks, they're going to do it. This is going to be the purchase that changes everything. If I buy a headband or a muffin, I'm like, after this, I'm going to be happy. I know it. I can tell. This is it. Guys, I'm about to be enlightened. And it's like, no, capitalism cannot enlighten you. I think it's good with my skin. I'm just now using a different oil that is not also a cooking oil. So I think probably the issue with the other oils, I was using my sunflower seed oil, my grape seed oil, is, you know, those are really, those are things that you cook with. And definitely, probably for me, shouldn't be on my face because I constantly break out in rashes all the time. I always have a rash. It's just part of my personality. I'm the rash girl. I've got to stop putting cooking oil on my face, but my skin is better. So that's exciting. I'm sad that I'm not going to be able to give you a new self-care purchase. Also, my adaptogen tea, hopefully you guys know I'm not like a doctor. I'm not recommending products saying that you're going to get a specific outcome. These are just weird things I purchase in a manic moment to potentially make myself feel better temporarily. I think we all know that coping mechanism. If you're looking at a podcast for medical advice, then there's probably a problem there. So there's only a certain amount of responsibility I can take. Like, please take that into consideration when you're taking my advice. Okay, sad girl shit of the week. Should I cut my own hair? I know this is like a tired topic, but okay, something happened this week that actually like changed everything for me. I discovered that when you part your hair in the middle, you automatically become like 20% hotter. Changed my life. Why did no one tell me this sooner? I genuinely had no idea. It fixed almost everything I hate about my face just by parting my hair in the center. I went from a soft six to a medium eight. And because I'm trying not to spend money for two weeks, I'm wondering if I should like DIY it and cut my own hair. Cause right now my hair is cut for a side part. So on the right side of my face, if you're looking at me on the right side of my face, I have like kind of a framed like little bit of shagginess kind of some long pieces, medium pieces happening, kind of framing my face, but I don't have them on the other side. So I'm just like, should I just try to match it and cut myself? So are we pro me cutting my own hair or are we anti me cutting my own hair or can we be convinced? Let me know where you fall on that. I feel like we need to have a way to have like a chat, like maybe just like the five people that listen to this, we could just like all start a group chat so that when I lay these questions out there, you could just automatically text me your answers and then I could get a little quick roundup. That would be super helpful for me, probably annoying for you in your life, but what else do we want to talk about? Okay, I'm still in Vancouver. People keep on asking me this. Yes, I'm still here. No, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Stop being so aggressive, okay? Okay, for me, this is my relationship with Vancouver. It's just like that hot guy. The city is like that hot guy that I know I theoretically should be attracted to, but I just can't find myself attracted to him. It's like I need to live somewhere that's dirtier and grungier, like Toronto where all the men have rejected me. That's where I feel at home. I don't feel at home in this like 
beautiful facade city. I look at it, I'm like, I know I should love you. I know that you have everything I should want, but still, somehow, I am not interested. And you know, you know that if only you were attracted to that thing or wanted that thing, you'd be so happy, but because you can't force yourself to be attracted to it, you're like, ugh, this is so annoying. That's my relationship with Vancouver. I have been trying to make an effort to keep in touch with people and to make an effort to just like stay updated with the people I love. I've had some people, and this is so nice, I'm like, I'm so flattered when people do this, like message me on Instagram and be like, hey, do you want to FaceTime? I always get really self-conscious at first. I'm like, is this a wellness check? Once someone asks me to FaceTime, I'm like, are they worried about me? Is that why they're FaceTiming me? I just have this like internal fear that the person's just like, girl, you've been going off on social media. Chill out. Are you okay? But really, they're just like, hey, I want to talk to you. And like my brain is so twisted that that's what I make of it. The longer I realize this is going to go on, I want to stay more connected and have and find ways to have like deep meaningful conversations and vulnerable conversations with people through unfortunately technology is the way right now. I think I reserved a lot of those conversations for when I saw people in person so if I did catch up with someone over the FaceTime quickly I wouldn't necessarily give them all the details but now I just I don't know if this is just me or if anyone can relate to this but I feel quite uncomfortable being vulnerable through a computer screen or on Zoom. It just makes me feel nervous and anxious. It feels unpersonal, awkward sometimes, and it's not to do with the person I'm talking to. I think it's just the leg and the delay and sound issues and pauses. I feel like it doesn't allow for me to be super open. I I can't really explain it. It just makes me feel nervous and anxious. Like I would much rather have a conversation like that in person. It has really, as much as I joke about it, been nice to catch up with people like that and to have those things and to practice that because, you know, this is going on longer than we thought. I don't want to miss out on people's lives or like miss out on knowing if someone I love is going through something or, you know, if positive, like celebratory too, um, just because of this. So I don't know if this is cheesy but every episode I want to share something nice that someone has said to me about the podcast because then maybe you'll keep listening (laughs) I don't know I think this is a terrible this is probably a terrible marketing strategy because really I should be posting these to social media to get new listeners but instead I'm just trying to validate your choice to listen to this by reminding you that this is a funny podcast using someone else's words. Okay, this message was so nice. So nice thing of the week. But this person said, listen to your podcast this weekend. It was so good. I laughed so much. Also, you're glowing. Can't wait for the next app. Like, that's the nicest thing ever. This is a really weird coincidence, but a lot of people and I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, being like, oh my god, so many people have messaged me lately saying I'm glowing. But literally, since I became single, so many people have said that I'm glowing and I don't understand it. It makes me worried for my future romantic life because if I can only glow when I'm single, that probably won't work out too well. Every time someone says I look good, I'm like, fuck, I guess being single is working. Maybe my adaptogen mushroom tea is working. Honestly, it kind of gives me a stomachache. That's my first impression of this product. It kind of gives me a stomachache. I don't know if it's just because I'm not used to eating things like this. So maybe I'm just going to have a little bit of discomfort 
for the first little while and then once my body gets more used to it acclimated to it that will go away that's what i'm hoping that's the positive outlook i'm choosing to take on this instead of the fact that my stomach is absolutely wrecked and hates everything which is probably the truth am i ready to accept that probably not but at least i acknowledge it so here we are i'm still hopeful though i'm gonna give it a couple more weeks and of eating it every day maybe that's overkill maybe that's the problem maybe i should only have it a couple times a week okay this week i'm gonna do it like three times next week i'll do it say four and then i'll move up to like six days a week i have been binge watching bling empire it's an amazing show it's so good it's on netflix it's supposed to be this is kind of how it's marketed it's marketed as the real life crazy rich asians i usually like reality tv that makes me feel good i love 90 day fiance because no matter how bad my life is my life is not bad enough for me to make it onto a season of 90 day fiance that's how i honestly that's how i judge my life. That's the bar I've set for myself. Are you in a place right now where you would willingly go on 90 Day Fiance? And if the answer is yes, then we need to move to weekly therapy. So I like 90 Day Fiance because honestly, it makes me feel better. The Americans on that show are the worst. I hate to say it. Okay, there are some that are kind of okay. I honestly, and this isn't even a joke, I can't think of an example of one who doesn't suck. I'm sure that there's the odd good person on that show. Most of it is wild though. That's why we watch it. We watch reality TV shows because they're messier than our own lives. There's more drama in this case, in the bling empire case. There's more money. There's more fashion. I am obsessed. But this show, it makes me feel bad because like they're all so hot and so rich and just like living in the sun in California. And they're on a Netflix show. It's kind of like everything I want. I watch it and I'm like, ugh, I should really have a baby. No. Although I did on it, I asked one of my friends if I should have a baby to go viral on TikTok. I will do anything for content, including having a baby but the baby has to be cute that's the problem and I don't know if I can really ensure that if I'm like I should have a baby for TikTok then I definitely shouldn't have a baby but this is a hypothetical I love Bling Empire I hope they do a second season but the issue is I need it now and that doesn't seem like it's possible the other issue is that I feel like because of COVID you can't really do the things that make this show so good like there's all these extravagant dinners and parties and they're just gorgeous like these people know how to throw amazing parties and the characters are just really charming and funny and very endearing i really like it so instead of rotting my brain with 90 day fiance and the bachelor which i've started watching in quarantine this is my first time ever watching a full season of the bachelor i think i've seen like maybe parts of episodes in the past but i've never watched a full season so i'm gonna watch this full season honestly i think i probably need to do a whole episode on the bachelor because the concept of the show to begin with is so wild to me like they take these women well in this season's case women so i'm just gonna use this season as my example because i haven't really watched the bachelorette and they put them all in a house together competing for one guy and they're not allowed to have phones they're not allowed to bring books they're not allowed to watch tv so all they do is obsess and stew over this guy that they think they're gonna fall in love with and then all of this is recorded so they're in like such a vulnerable place they don't have any friends there they don't have contacts with their family and they think they think they're there for this person but they don't even know if that person's gonna fall in love with them back and then they just like create this monologue in their mind they create this 
story in their head, this love story in their head. And then when it doesn't work out, they're heartbroken. And it's like, of course, that's going to be the end of the story. Like, of course, that's how it ends. But for them, they like can't see it because they're so wrapped up in it. I honestly think that it's like kind of unethical and like unfair and exploitative to do that to people. But I guess that is genuinely all reality TV. Like reality TV is exploitation. Anyways, and then like on this season, there's all this drama and name calling and these girls are being really mean to each other. And I'm sure that maybe outside of this context, some of them would be nice people. Some of them would probably still suck. But watching it unfold on television and then also watching there be this aspect of competition for this one guy's heart, this guy who kisses with his eyes open. The Bachelor kisses with his eyes open and these women are all obsessed with him, like falling head over heels, yelling at each other. For this dude who kisses with his eyes open. Like, men, the bar is so low for you. You can be the bachelor and kiss with your eyes open. That's crazy to me. The bachelorette could never kiss with her eyes open. The bachelorette has to be, like, the perfect person. And then when they show, like, one small aspect of humanity or flaw, everyone just attacks them. Again, I've never watched The Bachelorette, so I don't know if that's true, but that's just what I imagine. Like, historically... That's how women in media are treated. So I'm just going to assume that that's also the case for that show. But again, I'm addicted to it. Every Monday night, I watch The Bachelor. Before that, though, I go and I get a gigantic Slurpee. And I watch The Bachelor. Me, my mom, my sister, my dad, we all watch it. And I eat Swedish berries. And that is my peace for the week. That is my zen. It's cool. It's one part of my week that I really like. I highly recommend it. If you're having a shitty Monday, just get a Slurpee. I love Slurpees. I think they're so underrated. My go-to lately has been half Dr. Pepper, half cream soda. The Dr. Pepper is pretty clutch. That's a rare find. All right, we're back with another Ask Allegra Anything. Welcome, Allegra. Thank you. Happy to be back. I kind of realized, I'm not going to lie, after the last episode and this segment, I didn't really introduce you. I just assumed that everyone knew who you were. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. I <laughs> uh, No, I don't think that's the case either because when I was looking at the data for the episodes, the data looks like there's some people that don't know either of us listening. <laughs> so I should introduce you. Um, you're my youngest sister. Yeah, I am. Uh, you, the youngest of three. The youngest of three, yeah. yeah. Do you want to say how old you are? I'm 22. Okay. We're going to record a bunch of questions because you're leaving. Yeah. Can I say where you're going? Is that? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Do you want to tell people? Sure. Um, so I'm traveling to the U.S. for my master's, the second semester of my master's. So it's it's in person and that's why I will be traveling. I think you're one of the only people that actually left Canada to go to the U.S. To the U.S., yeah. During this situation. And our other sister, it's funny because she actually did the same thing. Yeah. We both left Canada for school to be in the U.S., so it's kind of funny how that worked out. Kind of funny, kind of fucked up. Kind of messed up, (laughs) but... (laughs) Kind of scary. (laughs) It's it's not my, you know, top of the list of things I'd like to do right now, but gotta do what you gotta do exactly we won't say what school you go to or where or like what you're studying because then we can we can if you want to I just don't like I feel like you have a real shot at a career so I don't want to ruin that for you 
Also because I think that you're most likely to be the person that gives me money when you're rich. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm still a struggling artist, so... I don't know if I'll be rich. Yeah, actually, I guess what you're studying, you might not end up rich. But I might. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to rule it out. (laughs) You're like, maybe I can manifest it. We'll see. Okay, I have a question about one thing you said last episode. I want to get your clarification on it. So we were talking Team Edward versus Uh Team Jacob. And you said, why would Bella pick Edward when she has to give up her family and her friends when she has another option that's almost as good. Right. Do you mean that if Bella didn't have to give up her family and friends to be with Edward, you think that he would be a better choice for her? Or would you stand by being Team Jacob? Oh, whoa. This is, um, this is testing me. Uh, I need to think about this. The thing is, Edward would still be really controlling, I think. Yeah, I think I think that that's fair to say. I think he'd still be creepy. I think it would still be weird. I still I still think I would go with Jacob. Okay, cool. I just wanted to get clarification on that because I realized... No, that's totally valid. As I was listening back that I wanted to know exactly what you meant. I didn't want to misinterpret your no. um, comment. I actually um, started watching New Moon today. To get into the mindset for tonight. For this episode. Yeah. And then also with the Team Edward versus Team Jacob question, Mm -hmm. I I didn't forget, but I saved half of the question. It was a two-parter. The second part of the question was, will you read your favorite passage? Right. So this, this is actually from the movie. I think it's also in the book, but I don't know if it's the same word for word. Okay. This is from the first movie, Twilight. And, um, it's the scene where Bella finds out that Edward is a vampire. Okay. He's basically kind of explaining to her, first of all, that he considers himself like a vegetarian, and also how good she smells to him. So here it is. This is Edward. My family were different from others of our kind. We only drink animal blood, but it's your scent. It's like a drug to me. It's like you're my own personal brand of heroin. I just think it's really powerful. (laughs) So dramatic. So dramatic. Clearly Edward knows nothing about heroin, first of all. Or vegetarianism. Right, because he drinks, it's still animal blood. You're killing an animal. And, okay, here's another, you know, I'm just going to throw this out there. They live in Washington, right? Washington State. Yeah. In the books and... Uh, even in the movies, they're constantly referencing how their favorite animal to kill is either mountain lions or bears. We live in British Columbia. Similar, you know, kind of climate, sort of nature and animals. There's not that many mountain lions here. Oh, so you're saying that they're actually killing an endangered species. You can't just go around killing every mountain lion you see. Yeah. Even the bears. Like, I don't know what the bear populations are like. But you're probably right. It's probably super unethical. It's reckless. Definitely. And that's why we hate vampires. We hate vampires. This is an (laughs) anti-vampire podcast. This is a Team Jacob podcast. Yeah, I'll say, I I, I know I wasn't supposed to answer any of these questions, but I will at least support your Team Jacob side. Yeah. So we're going to move on to another question. Peanut butter. When you're going for peanut butter, 
you're in the grocery store aisle, what are you more likely to grab? Crunchy or soft? I get no, not soft, smooth. 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 <laughs> I'm glad you asked this. I 100% will always go crunchy. Yeah, I'm crunchy all the way. Yeah. But with almond butter, I'm smooth. Interesting. I'm still I don't know what that means. I'm still crunchy with almond butter. Mm. Wait, actually, I don't even know if I've I, I take that it's back. It's not like as common. I don't know if again. They even I'm also have it. not supposed to be answering this. Oh right, yeah. I made it one episode without answering. That's okay. Without inserting my own opinion. I I guess what I meant to say is I don't know if I've actually ever had crunchy almond butter, so I don't think I can actually speak on Fair. that. Fair, yeah. But no, I'm definitely crunchy. Even in peanut butter cookies? Yeah. Okay, so you like real chunks of peanut in the peanut butter cookie. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Okay, follow-up question. I'm I'm going to ask you just one question. Okay. Orange chocolate. Hate it. Hate it. It's disgusting. It's horrible. It's so gross. Oh my god, my friend asked me today if I liked it, and like three of my friends agreed that it was good, and I was the only one that said that it's disgusting. I remember every Christmas, someone, not really in our family, kind of like extended family, would always give us the Terry's chocolate oranges. I don't know why. And every year... I would try it expecting it to be good and then I would be disappointed. I was like, you know what? Maybe it will actually taste better this year. Like maybe they improved the recipe. Maybe my tastes have changed. Yeah, maybe my tastes have changed. And then I would eat it. I would try one piece and I would have one bite and I'd be like, this is disgusting. I can't believe they still make these. I can't believe someone had the audacity to gift me this. Yeah. Like, that's so offensive. That's a risky gift. They don't even, like, what are the odds? What percent of people actually like orange chocolate? That's what I'm saying. It's not a good gift because they probably don't like it. Yeah, you're really gambling. It's a huge gamble. I just needed needed to hear someone else's take on it. You needed the validation of knowing that you're not the only one that hates orange chocolate. I hate it. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Ask Like or Anything. Oh, yeah, that's it? Well, for this one. Oh, okay, nice. And then we're going to have to record the other ones in a different file. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. But thanks for doing it IRL in person. Of course. Happy to be here. People people like you. Yeah, well, how could they not? What's not like, (laughs) exactly. I think it's time for Dear Diary. I'm going to aim to make this a weekly segment. Dear Diary. I'm embarrassed for the men in my DMs. They're in their 30s and they can't stop sending me fire emojis. Can they be saved? Actually, on second thought, I don't care. I'm obsessed with showering twice a day. My mushroom adaptogen tea didn't solve all my problems, which is confusing. I almost asked my therapist to do my podcast, but I'm trying to work on having healthy boundaries, so instead I asked her if she thought we would be friends if I wasn't her client. I'm limiting myself to three espressos a day. Self-restraint is highly overrated. Love to me and you, Bria. And that's the episode. Thank you so much for listening. What did we learn this week? We learned that I'm self-conscious about my voice because someone once asked me if I have a speech impediment and I feel like I'm too old to learn something new like that about myself. I don't know where to go test for that. Is there a test? What would I ask for? So we're just going to ignore it and pretend it never happened. We learned that my sensitive liberal snowflake skin does not react well to cooking oil. We learned that I eat cookies before bed, which 
Honestly, I do mental gymnastics to justify so many things in my life, but I cannot justify this one. No matter how hard I try, I cannot rationalize it. I don't need sugar to go to sleep. I don't need energy to go to bed. I need the opposite of that. I need to deplete all of my energy so that I can feel some peace and calm. We learned that shockingly I'm not a doctor and I buy random self-care products so that you don't have to waste your money on them. You can spend vicariously through me. We also learned that my adaptogen tea is either making me glow from the inside out or destroying my intestines. We validated your choice to listen to this podcast. We also learned that I can only be hot when I'm single, which means that it's not looking good for all of the guys with secret crushes on me. I honestly would be that girl that gets to be hot when she's heartbroken and sad and isn't hot when she's like happy and in a loving relationship. That would be my luck. I think the reason women are hotter when they're single is because men just kind of mess with their hotness energy. That's why women tend to get really hot after breakups because we work on ourselves and men just do something unhinged like go skydiving or start writing poetry. Also, please watch Bling Empire and tell me why your favorite character is Anna. We did Ask Allegra Anything, where my youngest sister gives you no bullshit answers to your life's questions. And we did Dear Diary, where I bear my soul for your entertainment, which is basically what this podcast is. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. Thank you for all the nice messages. Thank you to my sister Allegra for joining us. Thank you to everyone that has submitted questions for Ask Like or Anything. This segment obviously could not exist without your questions. If you want to continue supporting this podcast, the best thing you could do is send it to a friend that you think would enjoy listening. If you want to follow my daily rambling inner monologue, feel free to follow me on Twitter. My handle is at Uncle Burra. I'll put that in the description for this episode as well. You can listen to me live stream my cursed thoughts every day if you want to add that to your doom scroll. I hope you have a great day. Okay, bye!